and servants. The talents were a measure of, 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 uh, of money at the time. So he gives uh, five talents to one servant, two talents to another, one to another, all according to their ability. Okay, you know the parable? If not, I'm going to just give you that recap. That's it. That's the concept. Now he goes away for a while. He comes back. When he comes back, the guy that had the five invested it and turned it into ten. Doubled his his uh, portion. So he did very well. The master recognized him for that. The guy that was given to the servant that was given to two, he made that into four. He was recognized for that. Well done, his master said. This is Jesus telling this parable. So now, the glass guy had the one. He decided that because of some excuses he made or things that he was, I think, even sort of trying to blame the master or whatever it was. I won't get into all that. But what I'll say is this. He had one. He buried it in the ground, and that's all he did with it. And when that came out, the master, although he praised the other two, he chastised the one. He was dealt with harshly, the Bible says. And in fact, I think it was appropriately so, and in fact it goes on to say that he needs to be just cast away forever. That's a pretty big deal. Pretty harsh words. So all I'm saying is this, is that Jesus was not a weak teacher. He was a strong teacher. He was a loving teacher. But when it needed to be, he would speak the truth whether you agreed with it or not. And whether you liked it or not. And sometimes these stories challenge us. They challenge me. I'm just speaking for myself right now. But I think that if I'm like most people, and I think I am like most people at least, it challenges you. It makes you think about that. So here's the thing. We never want to be a fellowship that buries our talents. Am I right? We don't want to be that. We want to be investing in the kingdom of God. We want to be the church that isn't satisfied, this is how I call it in today's language, in terms we hear today, in the status quo. We don't want to be the church of the, what was, what was the name of our church? First Assembly, the church of the status quo. How would that sound? From the reaction, not very good. <laughs> I, we, we don't want to be that. So Jesus called this bury your talent, status quo attitude, wicked and lazy. Is that harsh enough for you? Let me see this verse. This is what he said. This is the whole, you know, you can look at the whole chapter, the whole parable. This is in verse 26. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If I knew, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, what the servant had said to him earlier, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. We don't want to be the group of people that bury our talents, and we don't want to be the church of the status quo. We have an opportunity to increase our impact on this community. Not maintain, but to increase our impact on this community. And we're going to do it. We, this church, and I'm not saying we're the only one. There are a lot of great churches. I'm I'm talking about this one today. Okay, this is the one that we are a part of. We're planted in. and, and, And this is what we're dealing with. We, as a church, as a fellowship, First Assembly, can lead Clay County into revival. 
will say that again because I don't know if you got it. We, this church, can lead, not do it. It's not because of us. It's because of him. We can lead Clay County into revival. Do you believe that? I absolutely believe it. I'm not up here speaking that because I think it sounds good. I believe it. We can do it. And now is the time, and I believe this too. I believe that God has brought this fellowship that we're a part of here intentionally, not by accident now, not by coincidence. I think our God is a God of coincidence. He's a God of intentionality. He knows what he's doing, and he goes before us, and he's bringing up the rear behind us, protecting us. That's our God. He knows all this. And let me just tell you, he has brought this church intentionally, I believe, from a church that was written off, a church that was scheduled to be closed and forgotten. How many of you know this? Because many of you are new. Many of you may not know this, but there's a handful of you right here I know because I'm looking at you. This church was scheduled to be closed. This church was scheduled to be written off. This church was said to be forgotten and thrown alongside. That's what the enemy wanted. But guess what? God had a different plan. He had a different plan. And I believe that this church now has not only come at that point through that time where it was written off and forgotten and cast aside into a new season of ministry that has brought us to where we are today, but there is a new season of ministry before us now, and that is the next step. So you want to know why? I'll tell you why. Because of this right here. I said this in September in a message, and I believe that this should be something that our church embraces. I believe we do. But this is why, this is why it matters. If we truly live by the great commandments, loving God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and loving others as we love ourselves, the great commandments, if we truly live by that, and vigorously, that means with all of our effort, with all of our might, with all the things that we can do, with God helping us and God's provision, but us putting our hands to the plow and working vigorously, pursuing the great commission, the result will be a great church. And let me tell you what I mean really quickly by a great church. This is a great church now. When I say great church, I mean a great church not in numbers, not in facility or buildings, bricks and mortar. I mean a great church that is out there as the hands and feet reaching Clay County with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what a great church is. And I believe this is a great church, but that's what we're going to do. That's what we need to do. Live by great commandments. Love God entirely. Love others just as much as we love ourselves. Pursue the great commission. He will honor it. He will bless it. And he will bring things to us that we can't even imagine today. Amen? Amen. of this story. Some of you know all of it. Maybe I've been close to since I came here. It's hard to believe almost eight years ago. The first Sunday of August, I'll start the ninth year of being the pastor of this church. Uh, 
Thank you. Thank you. When I came here, I thought I was only going to stay two or three weeks and fill in until they found somebody. I think they stopped looking. And so I just stayed and stayed. But then finally, God showed me I was here because this was his will for me. This was his plan for me. It's his purpose. God had set me in place. I'd been praying and asking God to give me a place of ministry, and he gave it to me. I didn't even know I had it. But he gave me the second revelation. This is what was going on. And praise God for it. I say this with all joy. I told the Lord last night, yesterday and last night, as I labored over what I wanted to say to you this morning, that I, I thanked him, I praised him for putting me in as the leader of this church. I've said this to you before. I say it again. If this may not be the largest church where I've ever been pastor, but it is definitely the best church. I, I don't say that because you're the ones who are here. I'm putting, I'm being recorded, and they can send it everywhere I've ever been if they want to. I'm glad I'm here because this is the best church where I've ever pastored. Because this is, because this is a church of love, a church of compassion, a church that prays. A church that gives the mission, that's, that's what I've always wanted to do. So when I got the chance to do it, I struggled at it because I didn't quite know that's what it was. Sometimes, you know, it takes a while for us to understand what God's doing in our lives. Just like sometimes it takes a while for us to, stand what, to understand what's do, what God is doing in our church. We were in a comfortable little place over there on Kingsley Avenue. Frankly, in all honesty, it wasn't much of a place. When I got there, the buildings were the, the two places on the whole campus that you could use without cleaning up, straightening up, and fixing up were the offices and the worship center. Now, of course, the worship center did have a few drips and leaks here and there, but we could live with it, and we did. On the side places, the other parts of that particular building, you could walk into them and look up and at certain times, you can see the sky if the sun was shining right. So, and then other rooms, and there had been Sunday school rooms, and you couldn't even hardly walk past the door for all the junk that was in them. And then when you got the junk out, it was dirty and nasty, and we had to remodel them all over again. So, so we, we, but we did a lot of things over there, a lot of things in that property. And I'm glad we were able to do it. I give God the praise of enabling us to do that. If we hadn't done that, the building inspectors from Orange Park told Phil Smith and me, that they would have condemned that property. Nobody else would have been able to come and occupy it. I'm glad they didn't condemn it while we were there. It gave us a chance to build it up so that it would still be used. Of course, it didn't continue to be used as an Assemblies of God church the way we would have wanted it to be. I don't have any... Well, let me put it this way. I've often said I'm not married to the Assemblies of God. I'm married to Carolyn. I plan to stay with her the rest of my life. I'll stay with the symbols of God as long as they'll let me, as long as it's the right thing to do, but it'll never be the right thing to leave her. I won't say the same thing for the symbols of God. But I will say this. I have a great allegiance, and it breaks my heart that that property that was anguished over and, and cried over and prayed over was bought many years ago, about 50 years ago now, when a man named Arnold Lastinger went in and bought that property to start the symbols of God Church in Orange Park. And it breaks my heart that it isn't that property anymore. But it's not our responsibility. We don't have to account to God for that. 
what we have to account to God for is first assembly. That's who we are. And we will account to God for what we do, not what anybody else has done. So, so, so we got here because on an occasion, contrary to a lot of things we've been told, we were visited by leadership of our district and we were told that they were going to do something else with that property. What we were told wasn't accurate, but it doesn't matter. So we had to leave. We were given about 30 days to remove ourselves. And so we went to work, looking all over everywhere, trying to find a place to move to, and we could not find a place. We had been out here on this property and looked at this church maybe maybe three times, two times, I'm sure, maybe three times. We had looked it over and really liked it. This is before they told us we had to move. But we couldn't do anything about it because the price they had on it was so high the lease price was like $15,000 a month. In those days, $15,000 a month wasn't even a dream for us. And we were just an embryo church. And uh, so we couldn't do anything about it. That, the Orange Park Assembly of God had failed. It had fallen apart. I believe the attempt, uh, the, the real intention of the district was to close it down completely. I think that was still their intention when I got there. And I really think that everybody wasn't happy when we started to grow and got to the place that we could do something in the kingdom of God. I would have thought that everybody would have been overjoyed about it, but I don't think everybody was. I don't care if they're not. don't care if they weren't then. don't care if they're not today. It doesn't matter to me anymore. But we were struggling to find a place to go. And we knew this church was here. I liked this church. I still like it today. It may look old-fashioned to some people when they walk in, but I've been told by many people it's the most beautiful church in the Assemblies of God as far as the appearance of the beauty of this church. And I, I agree with it. Of all the ones I've seen, it doesn't look like some auditorium that somebody threw, threw a few lights in and set up some chairs and started having church. Nothing wrong with that. I just thank God we're where we are. So, so, so I didn't even dream about coming out here. I, I, I knew about it, but I, I couldn't even dream it. I forgot to start my timer and see how much time I'm talking. Start now. <laughs> so, I, so I was talking to a commercial realtor one day. Now, he's helped me so much. I've known him over the years. Ever since I came back to Jacksonville, I've known him. I've done a lot of things with him. He's helped me a lot of things. And he was helping us look for a place. He had come out here with us. And he said, you know what? You need to be over there on that St. Margaret's property. I said, we can't afford that. I don't... I, we, it's not possible what we what our income is right now to commit to that fifteen thousand dollars a month. It was between fourteen and fifteen, and so he said, "Well, just offer them half of what they're asking for." I said, "Well, that would be pretty insulting." Well, he said, "What does it matter?" Basically, he's saying, "You got nothing to lose. Just offer them half of what they're asking for." So I got to thinking about that, and I thought that was a step of faith that we should do that. I talked to leaders in the church about it. And we said, let's, let's, okay, let's do that. <laughs> we offered them half of what they wanted. We offered them $7,000 a month. And they took it, just like that. Now, that's why we're here. That's how we got here in a, in a, in a short form. I didn't tell you about all the agony and all the struggle and all the, I will say, yeah, I will. I, all of maybe a little bit of bitterness and thrown in with it and all that. And you know how you, you know how do you know how you feel when you feel like you just haven't been treated right? 
chance to say amen that wants to. And you know, I, I, I had that. I, I honestly, I prayed about that for. I, I prayed about it for. And, and I don't. I'm not bothered by them. It seems like maybe I am by talking about it. I'm just. I'm trying to tell you the things that we went through, the struggles we faced to be here. And we're in a good place. When I came, I thought, well, being back off the main road, we don't want that. I love it back here. I love to drive in every day and drive down there. As soon as we can get all that gunk cleared out of our pond back here, we'll be seeing the water again. And we're going to do that. So God put us here. And, and, and do you know that if we can pray through to the place that we can keep this property, we can do everything we want to do here as a church to grow as big as we ever want to be. We've laid it out. We've looked at it. It's eight acres. We're just shade below it. And, and, and we, can, we can build on this property. You don't really see the whole thing because there are trees on both sides that don't go back to the property line. So we've figured out how we can put enough space in here, remodel that community building down there. We can even enlarge this church. Phil Smith gave me the idea that we can put another. We've got room over here on this side to put another building about as large as this one over on this other side to connect it and put a nice front across the the, the facade across the front. We can do what we need to in this place. But we have to, we cannot do it on a lease basis. We can't continue to lease and come in here and build all these things that we need and then come to the end of the lease and somebody say, oh, that property is worth a whole lot more than it was when they got it. And it's still ours. We can't do that. That's not wisdom, and we're not going to do that. We've been careful about what we've done here. Almost, almost, not everything, but almost everything we've done that we have here, we can pick it up and take it with us if we have to move. Now, we got here, and this is what I want to say, this is the main thing I want to say to you. We got here by a miracle of God. This place had been empty two years, vacant. We came in and offered them half what they were asking for, it, and there was no negotiation. They took it just like that. And so we've been blessed. If God can do that, God can open any door that we need. God can change the minds that need to be changed for us to be able to buy this place and stay here. Barring that, if people really rebel against the will of God, and I think that's what anybody would be doing that doesn't sell it to us. Okay, I'm going to say that again. I think I just got that revelation. Anybody that doesn't, that's against it and opposes this property being sold to us is totally, completely missing the will of God. But if somebody else misses the will of God, we're not going to. Because God always has a plan. And every plan that God has is better than any plan that you or I have ever put forth. In all the times I put out a plan that I thought was better than God's plan, I was wrong. And God's got a plan now. And we'll go forward with Him. Wherever He puts us, we'll go forward with Him like we came forward to be here. Amen. Well, I appreciate you guys bearing with us today. Man, I hate having to follow him, right? Come on. Somebody, 
somebody said the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, and I said, thank God for that. <laughs> if that's the tree the apple fell off of, amen? Let's give a round of applause for our pastor. I love him. I love him as my dad and my pastor, by the way. Both. So look, the other question that we were bringing up here is what? What does it mean if we don't do anything? What difference does it make if we just do nothing? Let me ask you this question. What does an airplane, a bicycle, and a church have in common? Anybody know? Bicycle, airplane, and a church. If they're not moving forward, they're in trouble. They get wobbly. They start falling over. They can't get anywhere. Those three things, a bicycle, an airplane, and a church. You're not moving forward. If you're the church of Jesus Christ, you're in trouble. First Assembly, our fellowship, must continue to move forward. Otherwise, we are a church of people, and I'm not saying we are. Make sure everybody hears me when I say that. I'm not saying we are. But if we're not moving forward, we will become a church or we will be a church that sits, soaks, and sours. Does that hurt anybody's feelings? If so, see me after church. <laughs> and I'll apologize. You don't want to be just sitting and soaking and This is it, guys. I don't want to be that. So it's all about moving forward. It's all about following. And when I say that, I don't mean following leaders, although we have leaders in this church. We have great leadership in this church. Amen? We have a great leadership team of people. You met some of them today, but we have other people who are dedicated people in leadership in this church. And we'll add more to that. We're training leaders through a leadership program, Leadership Training International that we have. We're, we're training up leaders. But it's not about following the leader. It's about following, moving forward. It's not following the leader. It's about following God's will. It's about following God's will. Seeking the center of it and then moving forward in it. Following in faith and by faith. Very important. We'll talk about that in a second. And maybe most importantly of all, although they're all important, but following in obedience. Obedience. But what if this doesn't affect me? Well, I had something in the interest of time. I'm going to skip over it. A story to tell you about one particular person, but there are so many to tell. But suffice it to say, there are people in heaven today who have passed on from this world, who are in heaven today because of the ministry of this church. I won't go into the story for time, but I'm telling you, had it not been, I'm not saying that God can do anything at any time, any place. We know that. But because of the ministry of this church, because of the faithful people who support it, because of all that was being done, there were people's lives that were changed by accepting Jesus Christ, plugged into this fellowship and served and passed on from this world today, but they're in heaven today because of the ministry of this church and because of the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay, that number one thing. But that's, that's why it's, what it makes a difference if we do nothing, that's what the difference it makes. Eternity's in the balance. It's serious. 
what's going to happen if we move forward? Okay, I'm going to tell you a couple quick things. Here's what happens. We know that if we move forward, it's going to take faith. We have to move forward, and it is going to be a faith venture, not a I can figure it out and I see the whole thing. It's all organized. Everything's fine now. I know exactly what it is venture. It's a faith walk. That's a column that Pastor writes every week. If you guys read that, it's awesome. Faith walk. That's what this is. This is what our life is in general. But moving forward as a church, that's what it is. God is going to ask us to do things that to us seem difficult and to us may even seem impossible. I'm telling you, God's going to ask us to do that. I'm not sugarcoating. Am I sugarcoating this? I don't feel like I need to. I feel like that's what God put on my heart. I was a little nervous about it, but I'm, I'm going to speak what I believe God's put in my heart today. God's going to ask us to go where we cannot see. Can't see it, but we're going. I don't know what's out there, but I'm going. Why? Because I'm following His will. Because I'm following in obedience. Because I'm doing what he's asking me to do. That's why. He's going to take us places, though, also that we've never seen. He's going to show us things that we never could have imagined could have happened. There are going to be things that are going to happen that are going to be, that you can only look back and see, I can't project what they're going to be because I don't know. But I know they're going to be great. And I know he's out there in advance looking back. If it's 2020 or 2025 or where it is, looking back to us in 2018 and saying, come on, come on, follow me, and this is what's going to happen, and this is what's going to happen. He sees it all. We've got to follow him. He's going to ask us to do things that we don't know how to do. He asks me that every day. <laughs> and I'm just doing my best. And I tell you what, when I do, he helps me. He helps me figure it out. And I'll make a mistake or two along the way, sure. But guess what? He's going to ask me to do things I don't know how to do, and I'm going to do it anyway. You know why? Because I'm following him. Because I'm following him. Unless we're willing to step out in faith, unless we are willing to step out in faith, we will never, and I'm saying that word, never, accomplish what God wants us to do. Now, that is in our personal lives, in our lives of our family, and in the life of our church. If we are not willing to step out in faith, we're not going to accomplish what he wants us to do. And if we're not willing to step out in faith, we will never go where he wants us to go. Folks, I'm telling you, this is true. It's not me. It's, I can scripturally back up everything I'm talking about here today. If we're not willing to step out in faith, we're not going to see what he wants us to see. We'll see what we want to see. We'll see what our ideas are and what we think should be the right thing. We're not going to see what he wants us to see unless we step out in faith. But as we step out in faith, here's some positive news. <laughs> I feel like I'm hitting you with some of these things that but I'm, I'm trying to speak truthfully from my heart today. I want you to know that. But listen, as we step out in faith, here's the things that we're going to see. The impossible will become possible. The impossible will become possible. The improbable, how in the world did that happen? Story example that he just told you is one of them. We can name others. The improbable will all of a sudden become doable. Be able to do the things that everybody else is saying. Well, how in the world did you do that? Because we stepped out in faith. That's how. 
we're willing to step out in faith, here's what we'll see. We'll see the impractical, by everybody else's measure or standard, we'll see the impractical become reality. Absolutely true. I believe it. And I'm going to tell you this too. That song we sang today, in the name of our God, in the name of our God, mountains be moved. Mountains be moved in the name of our God. Now the question is this. Faith. Do we know that God can Everybody know that God can? Everybody knows God can? But here's the big thing about faith. It's not about knowing that God can. It's about believing that He will. It's about believing that He will. I believe it. I might be one day, okay, maybe what's the downside risk, as they say, if we start analyzing all these things in our minds, try to figure it all out. What's the downside risk for me? The downside risk for me is that I did my best, and I was following God, and I look back, well, it didn't work out the way I thought. That's the worst thing that can happen. But as a result of doing that, I followed God all the way. I'm going to be in a better position doing that no matter the outcome of anything I'm involved in. Now, I say that not to say, well, if things don't work out at First Assembly, things are going to work out at First Assembly. This church is going to go on. This church is going to go on no matter who the pastor is, what building it's in, and who the congregation is. If God says so, and he has said so, because that church that he talked about on Kingsley Avenue, that's a building. This is the church. You are the church. That's what we say at Kairos. Who is the church? We're the church. We are the church. Hallelujah. So it's not knowing that he can, because you ask anybody who's a believer, do you know that God can move a mountain? Do you know that? Oh, yeah, 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 I know he can. Do you believe he will? Hmm. That's faith. See, I believe he will. Not because I think so or I heard, because this says so. He's going to do it if we're following his will and looking for the center of it and staying in it. If we're in obedience, we do these things following him, not following our ideas or our dreams or what we want. Follow what he's asking us to do, and it will happen. That's faith. That's my faith. I'm sharing it with you today because I want you to embrace it. I want your faith to be stretched. You can't get there if you don't. Okay. So as Christ followers, we have someone walking beside us every step of this faith walk. That's the good news. He's an ever-present companion, and he knows the unknown. We don't have to worry about, well, I don't know about this, I don't know about that. I'm not criticizing anybody. It's legitimate to ask questions. I do it every day. Every day. I know he knows the unknown. I know he sees the unseen. And I'm going to trust in that. So we don't have to be fearful. What another great song today. I just wrote these notes down. I didn't even know we were doing this song. 
fear is a liar. If you are experiencing fear or anxiety or squeamishness about anything that's going on with next step and the things that we're going to ask people to do and give and commit and step out in faith, let me tell you, fear is a liar. That's coming from the other side, not from our side. You hear fear, no, devil. (laughs) That's what it is. So don't be scared of change. Don't be scared of these things. Because fear is a, amen. I love what my mother said. I never know what to call her. Sister Carolyn, I think I say that her name odd. <laughs> First lady, lovely woman. I don't know, my mama. <laughs> when fear comes a-knocking, send faith to answer the door. Amen? That's not how she... She said that today. If fear comes knocking, let's send faith to go take care of it. Don't be afraid of what God is going to ask you to do. Don't. My encouragement to you, step out in the knowledge that God is with you and be strong and courageous. Strong and courageous. If we want to take ground from the enemy, who wants to take ground from the enemy? I do. Tired of his mess. You want to take ground from the enemy and claim it for the kingdom of God in 2018 and beyond? We need to be and we must be strong and courageous. Is First Assembly a church that's strong and courageous? If you are, say amen. God bless you. next step program that we're in is something I've prayed over. I've done this struggling over as well. I know we have to have funds. I know we have to raise funds. We have right now about $350,000 in our federal funding by the help of God, by the grace of God. But we need more than that. If we want to buy this property, we will have to get the diocese to finance it for us. They'll have to hold our mortgage because the property is so complicated. The deeds are so complicated. No lending institution would lend money on it. You can go to a bank or a savings loan, uh, community savings loan. You couldn't go there, a credit union, I'm trying to say, and get money because the, the deed is, is restricted so tightly. It would be hard for them to lend money on it. I've done enough of that kind of thing to know It'd be foolish to go ask the bank about it. They'd laugh at you after you left, of course. But, but, but if, if they, to get them to hold the mortgage, we need a substantial investment in equity in this property. $350,000 won't be enough. We need to be able to say to them, we'll give you whatever, as much as we can, to get them to hold the mortgage for us and sell it to us and show them how it's to their advantage to do that. So we, we, we have a goal to get to. We don't have a goal set in this next step. We're just going to do all that we can, and God's going to bless us, and God's going to meet our need. But, I, you know, we've never asked people here to give other than, when, back up a second. When we said we're going to give 10% of our tithes and offerings to missions, that was a stretch for us. 
between 10% of all the money that we could use for other things and give it to missions. And, and we, we just had to have faith to do that. But we did it. And so this past year, as you know, we gave like $137,000 to missions, I believe, to put us right up at the very high up in the rankings that they put out of the Assemblies of God. And uh, I can't wait to see where we rank in our district this year. But, but, but because we're giving to mission, I believe that's why God has blessed us so much and strengthened our finances so much. And the blessings of doing that are still going to come in this next step. I believe the next step is going to produce great blessings that come to us because we committed ourselves to prayer and to missions. And so I'm talking about who this is about. This is the who, and you and I are the who. It's about our commitment to the Lord. Last night I was, uh, this is something I, I, I want to really confess to you. This is something I really don't like to do. I don't like to put out cards for people to sign them. And that's one reason I, we did 10% of I don't want to do faith promises for missions. and I just don't want to have, ask people to do it. But sometimes you just have to do it to get somewhere. And we're at that stage right now. We've got to raise enough funds to be able to legitimately deal on the next piece of property, this property or this property included. To buy it, we have to have a lot more cash to be able to make it possible. I know that. I've seen it in my contacts with those people over there. One thing right now, their heart is not to sell it to us, but I believe we can lay that money on the the table for God to use it to change their hearts. But we've got to have it to do it with. So last night I was... I was talking to God about it, and I said, Lord, let me just let Billy do all this. Let me sit over there and listen. God's, God really, this, this is, I in my talking with the Lord last night, and, and this doesn't happen all the time, not very often, but I said, Lord, what am I, how am I going, how should I say this? Now, all these times, these years I've been here, I've never I've never appealed for anything significant in funding in this church. And we should have maybe, but we were so busy trying to pay our bills when we first got here because it stretched us so much, we didn't add anything else to it. So if anybody ever says that church is all about money, this won't be the church they're talking about. Unless they're just crazy or not listening to anything. It just hasn't been. But last night I said, Lord, what should I do about this? And I feel like the Lord just asked, do you love these people? Do you love your people? I said, Lord, you know I love this church. You know I love these people. I preach my heart out to them. I seek her face to know what to preach. I pray for them every day. When they come to church, I look at them, and I'm so glad to see them. Yes, I'll, yes, you know I love these people. And I felt like the Lord told me, well, they love you too. The same way, they love you too. And I said, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But he said, here's the reason I say this to you. I'm telling you this so you'll understand. If they love you, they will trust you. And if they trust you, they will follow you. And so I just say to you today, my heart is in this. My heart is in this because I know what we have to have. I know we have to have the funds available, the necessary amount of money to move the machinery of this world and to touch the hearts of men. And we'll let God use that to touch people. 
sometimes you put enough money on the table, people who were saying no, 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 start looking at that and see how green it is. And then they say, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. And the next thing you know, they say, yes, yes, yes. He said, well, God can do it without that. Well, let's trust God to do it however he wants to, and let's do our part to be ready so we can do it. And that's, where, and, and that's my heart. That's my heart to you today. That's, that's, we are together. We're together in this. We will never ask anybody in this church to give more than you can afford to give. Use your faith to make your decisions. There's a card Bill is going to tell you about in just a moment. But we ask you to sign it. It's not about how much you're going to give. It's not about money. It's just about praying and getting us ready to hear what God wants us to do. I've been praying already about what God wants Carolyn to me to do to, to, to make a commitment to the, to, to the building of wherever God's going to put us. Make a commitment to the property God has for us. This church is where I'm hoping it will be. If it's not, God does have a place. I know that. And so he's going to come and tell you about this card right now. switch this off. Here we go. As our men get ready to come, I'm going to just talk to you for a minute. And Rob, if you would come and our our team just got a song that we want to sing here. And I'm going to very quickly, uh, as our men get ready, this is a card that we're calling First Step Card. Now, I want you to know, I'm not being bashful or anything about it. I just want you, this is not a this is not a day we're asking you to make a gift or anything like that. There is a day that we will, but we want to make sure you understand this vision. There are other things that are going to happen. Many things are going to be coming to you in the mail. Please read everything you get in the mail that has next step on it. It's going to be thoughtful and for a reason. Please do that. Please look at your emails if they say, if you should anyway, but if they say next step, do that. Because there's going to be communication and things. We want to be not only transparent, but just sharing the things that are going on and in, in, in the vision. And so as they begin to sing the song, I want to go to the next slide, and then if you would come forward to hand out these cards, I'm going to walk, you guys can go ahead and just hand them out now. And what I'm going to do is, as they're handing these cards to you, I want you to just look at, at the screen with me. You can look at the card once you get it, I guess. I'm going to just take you through this line by line here. It says first, yes, Lord. This is not about people. It isn't about Pastor Bill. He's leading, and we, he believes you love him and follow him. All that is true, and it's marvelous. This is about saying yes to the Lord. And because I'm excited to see our church take the next step, I will do it. There are three things we're asking for today. For you to consider, for you to think about, for you to pray about, and just to decide what you might do. So first is say yes. If I'm asked the help with our next step initiative, we're not going to ask you to do something you can't do or you're not you don't have time, or if we ask and you're not able to do it because of that and another schedule, that's okay. But if you're willing to do something, that, that whatever it might be, I, we don't even have a list of those things right now. But something that might come up, I'm willing to do that and check that box. The next thing is the, probably the most important thing on there. I'd say they're all important, but this is it right here. Pray for God to bless our next step initiative. That's global. That's a prayer for them to bless this next step initiative and to talk with him about my or my family's financial commitment. We're not asking you to do what you can't do. It's all faith. I've talked with Christina about this and, 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 and to 
be honest with you, the things I preached to you about today, I mean, I'd stand here and be less than honest if I didn't say that it made me a little bit nervous. Because I'm just human like all the rest of us, right? But I have faith in a God that's bigger than the size of things that I can do. And so we're going to pray, and we're going to ask God to challenge us in our faith, to challenge us in, in what we're going to be asked to give, and to, for Him to, to lay on our heart what He knows is the right thing for us to do, speaking for my wife and I, for our family. But if you'll say, yes, I'll pray that God blesses this next step initiative and talk with Him, let's pray with Him, listen to Him about my financial commitment. Will you do that if that's the case? Check that box. And then if you would do this last thing, mark your calendar for June 3rd. This is a big day. We're going to have a lot of things for our families. We're going to have a wonderful service here. It's going to be a celebration day. There's a lot of things I can't tell you all about now. We're going to have uh, an event afterwards that we're going to feed everyone. No charge for that. Just as a part of our community, we want to get together and eat fellowship. We're going to have things for kids. We're going to have some games. We're going to have a bounce house. We're going to have some other stuff out there for families and for children to go and have a little bit of fun after church. That's June 3rd. I will mark my calendar and I will be here on June 3rd. Those are the three things, the three lines on this card. They're asking you to just look at that. Take a pen if you would. Check those boxes that you're willing to do. And then just sign it. Again, no one's going to come to your house knocking on the door and say, remember this card you signed? <laughs> Not going to do that. This is, just a, this is just a method of what we're just asking people to do, to be engaged, to be a part of what it is. Just sign it, print your name there. And I'm going to ask as we do this, we're going to sing a song here that's such a powerful song. And as we sing this song, I want you to think about that, to fill out that card and to hand those cards to the ushers at the end of the aisle. Take as much time as you need, and if you, you finish later, just put it up in there. They'll come and collect.